The journey that you're on is for you and you have to go through it to get through it. You got to keep going. You cannot be scared and let your faith take, let your fear take over your faith. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the CC America podcast, a show dedicated to helping others get mentally fit through testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to another live taping of the CC America podcast. I am your host, Tamaria Jordan, and tonight we have the fantastic pleasure of welcoming to the CC America podcast, Mrs. Jatisha J. Madden Wilson. She is a mom, entrepreneur, social impact speaker, social activist, maternal advocate, and self-sufficiency coach. Jay has created big strides in advocacy for women of color, most notably with the first lady and governor of New Jersey as a public speaker and maternal health advocate for Nurture New Jersey with the Black Maternal Health Crisis. On her own, she has reached over a thousand women through her in-person events and has created a reputation for her organization that is trusted for its authenticity and support. She connects and empowers women through the melanated spectrum to find their power and purpose in their lives. In her professional career as a community health nurse, she worked as a nursing operational manager while also lobbying in Washington, D.C., Albany, New York, and Trenton, New Jersey as a community advocate for the LGBT community. In these positions, she saw the importance of how community advocacy and engagement created better physical, emotional, and mental health outcomes for its people. Through her own personal transitions from marriage to divorce, she redefined motherhood by creating a community of support that changed the narrative of motherhood, sisterhood, and womanhood through her woman empowerment organization, Melanated Moms. So let's talk a little bit about Melanated Moms. Melanated Moms is a community-centered women empowerment membership for moms and women across the melanated spectrum. She organizes a social enterprise that primarily works with nonprofit organizations to curate events that empower, motivate, and cultivate our women to be better versions of themselves with the right supportive structures surrounding them. They bridge the gap with women through the intersection of motherhood, sisterhood, and womanhood. And although Melanated Moms initially started as a self-reflective, supportive community for moms and women of color, it has quickly grown into an amazing platform for empowerment, advocacy, and motivation for the women in our community. Jay began her work with Melanated Moms in 2017, hosting social impact events that brought awareness and advocacy conversations to the intersections of motherhood, sisterhood, and womanhood. In the last three years, she has curated in-person events for communities of color throughout the United States and Canada. Her virtual community has expanded into national and international areas, including Canada, the United Kingdom, Africa, India, the Caribbean, and Australia. Jay is the proud mother of two young girls, Nadia and Ava, who continue to move and motivate her to create a space where women's rights are acknowledged and not silenced. So I am so thrilled tonight to be able to interview Jay 
Wilson, and we are going to kick it off by welcoming Jay to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I can't You're believe all welcome. that stuff is me. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> that is most definitely you, sis. And the work that you are doing, you are definitely impacting generations to come and creating a lasting legacy. So hats off. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm You're so excited welcome. to be here tonight. You don't even know. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> well, we are excited that you're here as well. And I know that our guests to, to be able to kick off season three with such a powerful and inspirational woman who is doing her thing, I think is amazing just to be able to share your testimony. So I'm excited to have you tell our guests a little bit more about you. So if you were to meet someone for the first time, who would you say Jay Wilson is? Who would I say that Jay Wilson is? She is a dynamic woman. She's like multifaceted. Um, she's a mom. She is a speaker. She speaks from her heart. She, she moves and does things that a lot of people <laughs> may find impossible, but she, she makes the impossible possible. She's a loving person. She, she loves her children. She is fierce and no holds barred type of person. She's an advocate. She she really shows like what advocacy means from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. She's loud. She's funny. <laughs> she is. Um, she knows her power and she she humbly uses it to create new spaces and change the narrative of what motherhood really looks like. You know, and I'm very proud to say that that person is me. Oh, that is beautiful. I love that. Thank you. I love that. You know, being and you can tell advocacy, you can tell that that is what you're all about. You're not just changing the narrative for yourself. You're advocating for the people and standing in the gap for those who can't. So, wow. Yeah. I, I love that. Thank you. So how yeah. would you say life events have shaped the woman that you are? Oh, man. Um, in so many ways, honestly. You know, my my experiences growing up, um, I saw a lot of things be limited. You know, I was constantly told what I could not do, where I could not go, what I had access to, what I did not have access to. And I, I constantly tried to break that mold. So I felt like it was, it was one of those things where I just kind of wanted to keep proving, proving people wrong that, you know, there are no limits unless you put them there, you know? So as I grew up and know more relationships I had friends family I started to get into what I wanted to do professionally I just I, I learned more about why it was important to break these barriers and why it was important to to know that you can accomplish literally anything you want but it starts with you you know so as I've grown um you know I'm getting closer to 40 and I'm still like I have so many things that I can learn but I look back and I realize how much I have already like gained in terms of knowledge, you know? So I, I just feel like all of that has shaped me into, into this person that you see today, you know, into, into an advocate, into a better mom, into a better person and into someone who's who like values my vulnerability and I'm able to use it in, in a positive way. You know, I'm not, I'm not limited by the things that I don't know or the things that I don't have. I just, 
I stand in that and I say, you know what? It's not here yet, but if that's what your goal is, it will it will appear, you will get it. And that, that's really like the mantra that I live by, you know, you have to go through it to get through it and you'll get there. Ooh. So, you know, there's no limits unless you limit yourself. Yeah. That's I one of my Nana-isms, my, my grandmother. I'll, I'll talk about Nana a lot. Um, if you've yeah. ever heard me speak before, I always talk about my grandmother. She was like my everything, you know, she was my original melanated mom and she she went through so many things in her life and the one thing she always told me even with all of the limiting talk that she she did give me sometimes she always said like I get it you know there are certain things that I thought I just could never do so I never pursued it but mm. you're not that kid you're not that person so you know you're going to learn how to find a way to find another way to figure it out to build something to build something amazing and you know you just got to go through it though you can't take shortcuts you can't avoid the hard parts of things you just have to go through it to get through it so that's 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 really what I've learned and that's that's how I, I move you know that is powerful and so you I mean you have like the things that have shaped your life and even you sharing that is really powerful because like you said everything you've experienced has led to where you are now so yeah. in doing that so going through it to get to it, you've created <laughs> an amazing advocacy network with Melanated Moms. So can you yeah. tell our listeners more about why you started Melanated Moms and also yeah. what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, I originally started Melanated Moms just as a mommy meetup group. So we started on the app meetup. Um, and in the moment, I started the group out of the need to find support for myself, my children. Um, I went through a divorce, had been with my husband a total of 17 years. We were married for 10. And in the time that we went from separation to divorce, you know, I went through a lot of transitions. I, um, I'm a transplant to New Jersey, so I'm not originally from there, but we moved there at the beginning of our marriage. So in 10 years from, you know, we moved there, we moved there, I was 20 years old. So a 20 year old girl with you know, all this ambition, no kids, no expectations is much different than a 30 year old woman with two children and a, a high impact career. So, you know, I'm like, I need to realize and readjust who I am outside of being his wife and outside of being their mother. Who mm -hmm. is that? You know, and right. it took me a while to realize who that person was. So, you know, I went and looking, went out to look for support. So I looked for other like mommy meetup groups or other spaces that already um, held space for moms like me. And, you know, it's not that I couldn't find things, but they just didn't, they didn't meet all of the needs. They didn't check all of the boxes for me. So I made my own and I was like, let's see what happens. You know, maybe it's, um, maybe it'll just be a group of me or maybe it'll be other people that will join and, and be willing to share how they feel and where they are in their journey in terms of motherhood, in terms of being a woman and finding themselves, you know? So I didn't, I didn't really know what would, what would come from that, but you know, here we are after, you know, hosting a couple of events, I started asking the moms, you know, like totally glad you're here. Keep coming. You're absolutely welcome. But you know, what makes you come? Like what made you feel like this is 
your space, you know, and a lot of the moms just, they kept reiterating, you know, you give us this safe space, you make us feel seen, you make us feel heard, you make us feel proud to be in our motherhood and to, it's, and to know like, it's okay to have those days where you're not sure or where you feel right. like, oh my God, this is it's so much, it's so much, you know, having all of these things on your shoulders, but being able to share with another person, especially another mother that looks like you, that comes from where you come from, that understands all of the intricacies of who you are, just made it much different than joining any other group. So I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know that's what I was doing, you know? And in turn, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. And in turn, what that helped me see is how to really narrow down, have more of a laser focus on what we are doing, what we're trying to accomplish. So when I started to do the actual advocacy work and getting involved with like the government and learn more about like statistics around black maternal health, um, because for me, I hadn't even known that I was a part of these same statistics that I'm representing. I just thought I was a black woman who gave birth. But, you know, when I started sharing my birthing stories and my, my journey to motherhood, you know, I'm a four-time survivor of preeclampsia. I lost two mm. children prior to giving birth to my girls. And I didn't know that I was a part of a huge statistic of Black women who have had preeclampsia and how 60% of Black women are preeclamptic. I'm like, this is oh, wow. something that's really significant and no one ever talks about this, you know? So um, we held um, one of our most notable events called Childbirthing and Communities of Color. Every year we do it during Black Maternal Health Week now. And um, the very first one we held right around Mother's Day was May, May 20th, 2018. And we had maybe 30 women to come out and we all talked and um, we had a panel. We, we pre-screened this documentary called Death by Delivery. And oh, wow. um, yeah, and, and we asked these very significant questions um, in relation to the movie. And our, we had a panel of six women, all but one were actual birth mothers. The woman who was not a mom was an end of life doula. And we asked her, you know, very significant questions. You know, how do you feel with supporting people? Uh, but also how do you feel being a end of life doula? Cause wow. that's much different than a birthing doula. Her personal decision to not other women in their own journey and also how to support them during loss, you know? And I'm like, no one ever talks about how important it is to have someone there with you when you're going through grief, when you're going through loss. And when you feel all of those emotions, but you're told to turn it off and just suck it up and keep going, you know? So from having that event, um, that's how I actually ended up getting involved with um, the first lady and the governor of New Jersey. Um, someone from their office actually attended the event and they were like, you know, this was really moving. We really appreciated the work that you're doing here. Um, you know, the first lady has this great initiative called Nurture New Jersey. And we think that it would be perfect for you. You know, would you be interested in joining us? And, you know, I'm like, oh, sure, whatever. Let's, let's see what it looks like. So from there, I started learning more about these statistics and I started to learn how it related to me. And I, I had no idea how significant it was not just nationally, but in my state, particularly, uh, New Jersey was, you know, really, really bad in terms of uh, birthing statistics for Black women. Um, we're number 47 out of 50 states for a safe birthing outcome for Black women. So what was beautiful about that 
terrible statistic is the first lady's office saw value in me from talking about this and from saying, we want you to be a part of the solution as opposed to just highlighting the problem. So in these last two and a half years, almost three years now, I've been working with them. I've, I've held focus groups. We've been a part of the um, creating and implementing the strategic plan of the first lady, which was like so impactful and so beautiful. But our, you know, going back to what we asked, what we talked about a little bit earlier of breaking barriers, you know, you could have never told me when I started Melanated Moms, I would be in a seat like that. You know, right. I, I never knew that that would be my walk or where I was supposed to go in order to create this significant level of change. You know, I would have never considered myself a change agent. I would have never considered myself someone who had value to to use my voice to create all of these wonderful initiatives, you know. But again, that's that's really that's the power of change. Right. Like that's the only constant thing is, is always, you have to just always be ready and prepared for the things that are going to change around you because as you're changing things for other people, you're changing yourself, you know? So I learned how to grow into this space and how to really value the, the, the significance of holding, holding this, this, this spot as a leader and not taking it for granted because there are a lot of things and and people who really depend on what I say and what I do and how I move so that they can also build on to the things that they want to do you know so I'm just really grateful to be here and to know like wow like we started as moms just meeting on the grass with our kids at a park and now we're you know we're talking on national platforms and we're shaking hands with people who write legislation for women like us like that's that's a huge change, you know. I, I, that I is, that's myself. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And what a way to turn a painful situation into a purposeful one. Yes, ma'am. You you were able to do that. And so again, hats off because some people will stay in that place and you allow the experience that you went through to help you advocate for so many people. So I think mm-hmm. there's a powerful lesson in that and that we don't have to, to stay down. Like you said earlier, what your Nana said, you don't have yeah. to limit yourself, but sometimes we do because that may be all we know. But right. when, you, when you know better, you do better, as they say. That's so right. that, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. And for all of the, the women out there, like you said, the ones that feel unseen, unheard, or they just tell you, here's your things and you can leave the hospital now, but yeah. there's really mm-hmm. no conversation or connection so mm-hmm. I think it's it's great what you're doing thank you thank you you're welcome so I like as you mentioned earlier about just learning a lot on your journey I'm sure as the founder of Melanated Moms there have been a lot of really important lessons that you've learned but what has been one of the most impactful lessons that you would say you've learned on this journey trust the process I just, I had to know that um, every step that we've taken, um, every door we've opened, every door that's closed, like it's it's a part of the journey, you know? Um, I think as a, a business owner, it took a while for me to learn um, what things are significant, what things are insignificant, what things like 
bring, I don't know, bring business to us. I had to learn what business was. What does that mean? You know, how to make this a business and not feel like it's, I don't know, just not feel like it's, it's, it's not a good thing. You know, um, I, I, I've learned so much about, um, how to apply what I do professionally or what I did professionally as a nurse into the structure of how I want my business to be built. Right. So, um, for like the first year, um, I never told anyone I was a nurse. Like I was like very adamant about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I did it intentionally. So for me, I didn't want to create that, um, a space where people felt, um, like this hierarchy thing or feel like they okay. couldn't express themselves with me coming in like I'm the nurse da, 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 da. I didn't want that I wanted it to be a space where it felt like neutral ground so anyone can walk in that door and we will find commonality between us because we're women because we're mothers because we share a journey you know so I intentionally never asked people about their professional background I never asked them how much they made I never asked them any of those things that would identify significant things to separate us pre-pandemic we used to host monthly support groups at um, our local library and women would come from all walks of life literally we've had pediatricians and scientists and moms who worked at mcdonald's and moms who worked at marshall's and moms who are in school and teenage moms and military moms and um, women who are um, immigrating to this country, like so many women who have all of these vast experiences, but none of the, those other things came out until the very end. And that was because they oh, just wow. decided to share it, you know, but I, I felt like that was important, you know? So um, as we built the group and as we kept going, women would say, well, what do you do, Jay? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a nurse. I just like really, (laughs) but I I didn't want that to be how it was led because I didn't want people to have this preconceived notion that I knew everything or I was gonna, you know, health talk you to death or any of that. So for me, I I just wanted to kind of keep that to myself. But now I realize, after all this time, you know, it's not a detriment. You know, it's not a thing to be ashamed of or anything. I never really was, but. it is it's a space to where like I know how to how to occupy both both sides of it you know so for example if I'm speaking in an academic space you know I'll use my credentials I'll talk about how that how my experience in community health as a nurse shaped me into being able to to advocate for moms and for women and how I know that health has so many uh, aspects on how a woman can can birth or how a woman can feel supported. Um, and I know that from my professional background, but I also know that from my own personal experiences, right? So um, yeah, it's just weird to me. I'm like, I don't want them to know I'm a nurse. Let me just tell them I'm this person and then we'll, we'll move forward, <laughs> you know? But I like the reason, like, I think with everything is the reason behind it. And I love the fact that you were trying to find common ground and you just spoke on a whole other topic that literally we could probably have a separate show about, which is the whole diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like yes. there's probably more that connects us than more than, than what separates us. Oh, yeah. um, so you, you definitely were onto something as it relates to giving people that space to be themselves without having like that feeling of needing to fit into a hierarchy. 
So that, yeah, that's, I know, that's beautiful. I know one thing that's always stood out and I always try to highlight is, um, you know, the, our name. So Melanated Moms is not exclusively for Black women. It is inclusive of all women across ethnic, diverse backgrounds, right? So I'm not looking at you just as a Black mom, right? I'm also right. like, how do you identify yourself? How, what are all of the intersections of who you are? Those things make you who you are. That's, <clears throat> that's a part of your identity, you know? And we've had women who are from Morocco. We've had women who are from India, who are from Australia, and they're all melanated women. And they all share completely different experiences of who they were in their country and how it impacted the way that their motherhood looked, you know? Right. And I'm like, wow, you know, I guess the, the, the slight ignorance of being Americans. Like, I didn't know that we had so much representation in all of these countries, you know, and what it looked so like true. and what it meant, you know, because um, it looks different, you know, um, uh, uh, a Black woman in Australia is much different than an Aboriginal um, woman in, in Australia but they both are there and they both are melanated and they both have experiences. They both wear their culture on their sleeves, um, but they both have all these amazing things that they can give to one another, you know? So I like the fact that we're that middle ground so that they can look at each other, like you said, for their commonalities instead of their differences. That is so true. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier about, you know, just wearing different hats and, and not, at first sharing that you were a nurse so when you think about wearing the different hats that you wear how do you maintain balance I don't um, <laughs> <laughs> um no so um actually it's funny you say that because last year I did uh, a yoga teacher training so now I'm a certified yoga teacher and as I was going through my training my teacher, Leslie, she said, you know, there's no such thing as balance. It's only harmony. There are things that you can never take off. I can't take off being a woman. I can't take off being a mom. That, that will always exist. That will always have um, significance in the forefront of everything that I do. But you have to find balance with all of the other, not balance, you have to find harmony in all of the other things that still have to go on around you, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, when she said it, something clicked like you you know what you're right I can't put this down and then pick this back up I have to know that these two things have to coincide or these five things have to coincide but instead of you know doing this juggling act I have to know that there's people that I need to lean on or there's different structures that I have to um, lean into and and hone into that vulnerability of saying, I need help, I want help, I need support um, in order for me to thrive, you know, and not just survive whatever it is that I'm doing. Right. So, you know, finding what that harmony is, is so much better than trying to find balance. Balance will, will drive you nuts. If you're as busy as I am, and Lord knows, I don't even know how I do, how I do half of the days that I do, but um, I, I can't, like, I literally cannot balance everything. I have to know, like, this exists with this. And as long as I'm reaching out to my team, or as long as I'm, uh, you know, leaning into um, the right people to, to um, support what I'm doing, everything will, will, will run like a well-oiled machine. That's the harmony, you know, but it's, there is no balance. <laughs> 
there is I love no that. Bad. You know, that's the realest answer I've heard, but it, it makes so much sense. And it's interesting because our perspectives, it, it really does help you be able to handle it. Because if you look at it as a harmonious relationship and that you, like you said, you can't take off your mom hat. <laughs> like you can't, there's some things you just can't take off. Like you are just going to be who you are. You're going to be a woman. So right. I think when we, our mindset shifts, when we see it like that, it does allow you to be able to navigate and be able to juggle the multiple things. That's a, I really love that. That, you know, it's like saying I have an opportunity to do something versus I have to do it. How you exactly. approach it is going to be different. So I, that's yeah. great advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's perspective. Like once you realize how to change your, your perspective on things that, that creates that positive motivation that you need in order to succeed right so yes. uh, again like we we are always in this mindset of like I have to survive I have to survive and you don't need to only survive you need to know how to thrive and what it is that you're trying to accomplish you know right. and I, I don't I just use the word and you have to know how to remove those buffer words so and like uh, one of my trainings um, I find your training uh, I I go through these different um, principles of uh, social engagement, but I always tell people, don't try, do. So remove those words that make us feel a little bit more comfortable um, going into things that make us uncomfortable. So using words like try, or I hope, or I wish, or maybe kind of, sort of, like take those words out and speak it into conviction, you know, speak, speak it into existence, manifest right. what you really want and know that that greatness will only exist if you believe it will, right? So it's speaking it out loud saying, I will accomplish this goal. I can get to where I want to go. I am this person, you know, even if that's not who you are right then in that moment, the fact right. that you're able to speak it with conviction helps you get closer to that goal. And it puts you into a positive space of saying it's, it's possible, you know, instead of, right. oh my God, this is impossible. You know, that is so true. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone who's interested in joining Melanated Moms, what are some of the benefits of becoming a member? Oh my gosh, everything, right? So <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, the benefits honestly are endless. Um, obviously um, the, the um, immense levels of support, like getting to meet moms and women of all walks of life from different areas, especially now, with um, the, you know, how the pandemic changed the way that we interact with people. We've seen literally like a 200 or something percent increase in our, in our engagement as well as in our um, membership. Because, nice. <clears throat> yeah, because initially, you know, we were hosting events in person, which were great, but, you know, you only get a very concentrated number of people who are able to get there. Um, because of geography, right? But right. once we went fully virtual, we're able to engage with women all over the world, literally. And they're all coming to these same um, virtual spaces and getting to meet women that they may have never been able to meet in person. So having just that in itself is a huge benefit. Secondly, though, um, is to be on platforms and speaking as representatives of Melanated Moms. So a couple of home moms, actually. They've been a part of our work with the first lady and um, one of the mothers actually had a full like video where they um, they talked about her experience as a mom and what it was like for her to birth her twins and, you know, um, her different challenges and how she was able to overcome them. 
this video has been shared like 20,000 times and she got oh, to wow. talk just authentically from who she is. And, you know, um, we talk all the time, we, you know, and I asked her, you know, what do you, what do you feel like your motherhood journey? Do you think like we were able to help enhance it? Or like, how do you feel like Melanie Moms was able to, you know, really add to, to who you are as a mom? And she said, you know, I never knew how advocacy was so important. And this made me realize from being a part of this community, why it's needed and why I needed to, to use my voice and to, and to speak up about things that moms need, you know? And she's like, I never knew these things were, were necessary until I have my children, you know? And a lot of moms don't realize your advocacy begins way before you're even a mother. Your advocacy begins when you're pregnant, when you're changing your lifestyle, when you're thinking about how, how is your life going to change going from zero children to one children and one children to <laughs> zero children <laughs> to one child and, and beyond. Every, every single part of those decisions is, is an advocacy um, mindset, right? It's like, how can I make this the best experience for myself? How can I make this the best experience for this child? How can I change what's going on, going on around me so that my child has another opportunity that I may not have been able to have, right? right. So just seeing how impactful that is for women to share that story and how powerful it is for them to feel that and say that out loud and know that they're acknowledged, I feel like that's that's super valuable and it's very beneficial for being a member of ours. And it's just fun. Like we we do <laughs> we do a bunch of stuff, you know, it's not just yelling and screaming and asking for rights. It's also cultivating really great relationships. Last weekend we did a um, a mommy meetup with the kids at a trampoline park. And I think we had maybe maybe it was like 10 of us. It was a smaller group, but the four Four moms that were there they never met each other before oh wow but after like we're all walking out everyone's like oh this was so great I'm so glad I finally got to meet you and this so it's like you know having those spaces where you can talk to another mom where you can feel supported where you can have a new mommy friend that you didn't even initially <laughs> think that you were going to walk in with you know um, right. those are great benefits mm -hmm. for being a part of our organization fantastic so in your journey, what role has faith played in this? It sounds like it's been weaved throughout, but how would you describe the role that faith has played in your journey? It's, it's been everything. It's, uh, I've seen how things have literally like materialized out of nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> there's no other, seriously, like, like there's no way that this just came out of the blue. Like right. someone has to be leading the charge. Someone has to be like, moving things out of the way for so many wonderful, abundant things to, to be happening, honestly. You know, we've talked, you know, before about, you know, the journey I've had with having my children. And I, I feel like a lot of the experiences that I had with birthing my, my oldest daughter, I, I apply it to the work that I'm doing, you know? So I talked about like having the faith of a mustard seed, you know, knowing that even if you cannot see the thing that's right in front of you right you have right. to have that faith that God is going to lead you to where you're supposed to be because it's a part of your journey he's not going to lead you into the you know into the dark or into the dirt he's going to help you see exactly what it is that you need to see in order to keep going and learn the lessons and do the work and and receive everything that you're supposed to receive and I honestly I feel like it it's rooted in having my children right so right. I've been told no 
throughout that entire journey. You can never have kids. You know, it's never going to be successful. You're going to die. This isn't, this isn't for you. Maybe you should just do this, do that, do this, do that. But I had to know, like, there is purpose behind everything that I'm doing. So I have to keep my own faith very strong in order for me to keep moving forward. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. If I didn't have faith in myself, if I didn't have faith in the work that I'm doing, it wouldn't thrive, you know? So um, but yeah. So faith plays everything. Faith is what faith is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's something that sometimes we forget. Like you said, we will use our logic. So to your point, the doctors might tell you one thing. And it's like that you hear people mm-hmm. say, whose report will you believe? Yeah. And in those moments, you had to believe a different report. Because like you said, if you di- if you believe their report, like who knows where you would be right now if you would be doing this work. But because right. you believe, mm-hmm. you are, are moving forward. So Absolutely. how can our listeners connect with you? Oh my gosh, so many ways. So <laughs> definitely through our website, if you go to www melanatedmoms.com you get access to our website and you see all of the great things that we have going on our calendar of events is almost always full of both virtual and in-person um, events you can also connect with us on social media at melanated moms on every platform so we're on facebook instagram twitter pinterest uh tiktok now uh what else twitter all of all of all of the internets (laughs) i know there's so many of them now like (laughs) i want to give a great shout out to my um my last round of interns we had some great interns this past semester and they put us on tiktok and like they just opened up a whole other world for me i'm like what is this (laughs) and you'll see how amazing it's gonna be jay i'm like okay (laughs) listen just don't be on there cussing i don't care just put it up (laughs) Right. I trust you. Go for it. Go for it. So that helped us to expand, you know, even another wider audience, you know, because um, we we serve moms and women between the ages of 14 and 45. Okay. But it's been very difficult to engage the younger, you know, the, the younger um, crowd for obvious reasons. I'm 36 years old. I don't know what 14 year olds talk about, but if we go to, <laughs> if we go to platforms that they use and we use language that they that they use as well, they become more engaged. So we're starting to see, you know, younger women who are, um, even before going into motherhood, you know, younger girls who really just need guidance and and want to talk to people about what it looks like um, to have like a mentor, a mommy mentor, you know, they're starting to engage with us. So we're really, we're really impacting some people, you know, so it's it's pretty dope. But we're on all all of the interwebs as my (laughs) co-founder. I love it. And considering like now they don't have those classes that they used to have, like the um, the home ec classes. I don't know. Maybe they do, but I, I've heard they don't have it in a lot of schools. Yeah, I, I didn't see it with my kids. So and yeah, I, no, I didn't my, get my, it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. These kids, they're, it's a new it's a new breed, but I'm I'm really I'm happy to say like we're part of it. So we can yeah, that's we're awesome. going to educate them the right way, you know, give them the tools that they need and answer their questions, you know. Right. It's definitely helpful, especially in this day and age where like yeah. you said, on the inter on the interwebs, you may not get the like all of the information, like even the statistic you shared at the very beginning. I didn't know that statistic in terms of 60%, you know, having preeclampsia of melanated moms. And I'm thinking, really? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I know people who've had it, but it makes sense now because that's a pretty high number. It is. So it six is. out of 10 women will deal with this either before or before giving birth or even after. So right. things that we don't really necessarily think about, uh, is it pre and post clampsia? Like for some people who get it after, uh, is that what it's called? So, I remember. So um, you can have preeclampsia um, during pregnancy and then after pregnancy, you can still have preeclampsia based on like diagnostic things or oh. it can progress into eclampsia, um, which is like seizures and other um, uh, hypertensive disorders that oh, wow. can be lifelong. So yeah, yeah, it's really significant. But to know like so many women of color are, are dealing with preeclampsia and we don't know, not knowing that's what it's called. So when I had it, you know, I asked my family, I, first of all, I had no idea what it was. Like my doctor was like, preeclampsia, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is it? Like, have you ever heard of it? Oh, anyone's had it. The symptoms are what, what all of the, um, the ways that they diagnose it. I found out 15 women in my family actually had it 15. And I'm like, why didn't you guys know that's what it was called? And they're like, oh, well, we just thought it was this, or we, we noticed that, you know, when this one was pregnant, her legs swelled up and she got the headaches and she went into labor early. We didn't know it was called preeclampsia. So just thinking of how generationally certain things just don't register in that same way. Right. It's just like with diabetes, a lot of people of color call it the sugar. Like they yes. don't know it actually has a, a, a clinical name, you know? So I feel like that's kind of what happened with, with preeclampsia. But as we're progressing, you know, we're using the right language. We're asking the right questions. We're also occupying these spaces um, with um, organizations or um, hospitals or, you know, these different um, facilities and asking for accountability. Like, what are you doing to make sure that my community feels safe when it comes to these diagnostic um, issues. You know, what do we do to improve this instead of just watching our women die in real life, but right. live as statistics on pieces of paper? Like, how do we change that? You know, you know, wow. we've been able to keep these conversations going. Yeah, it's significant. It's re- it really is. It's like, you have all these statistics of 20, 30, 50 years seeing black women, brown women, dying of, of preeclampsia or having all of these residual effects, you know, heart disease, neurological disorders, different things like that, that have stemmed from having um, dismissed care in their prenatal and post, postpartum um, period of pregnancy. Um, but no one's saying anything. No one's doing mm. anything to mitigate these problems. So instead of just finger pointing and going back and forth, say, all right, let's, we're all at the table. Right. How can we change this? How can we make this better? Because we're tired of giving you statistical data. I don't want to be any more data. I want to actually live. I want to thrive. I want my kids, once they become mothers, not to have to worry about this being um, being a risk factor for them to uh, give birth. You know, that's right. that's the purpose of all this work. You know, that's that is so true, and it's so necessary in this day and time. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But, so yeah. I, ha- I have a feeling I know what the answer is going to be to this next question based on Uh-oh. the second question I asked, but <laughs> what is one personal affirmation that you live by? I'm going to see if I, I'm going to get it right. <laughs> you got to go through it to get through it. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I was I was like, I knew it, but I was like, let me just make sure. And then you know what? For anyone that needed a reminder, yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me let her say it again. <laughs> you do, but it's 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 it is. It's the best affirmation you can have. You can say you have to go through it to get through it. And that's the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Um, the only way that you'll be able to see like how significant the world is and how impactful you are in that world like you have to go through it to get through it yeah can I can I share a little story you sure can okay so this is for me like the most like it's hilarious it's yeah let me just share the story because I'm going to give too much like disclaimer so (laughs) a couple years ago um, I did a retreat with um, some of our uh one of our sister organizations in Toronto. And I'm a road warrior. Anybody that knows me, you know that I drive a million billion miles in my car and I will just go. And I was driving up to the, um, the retreat space and uh, my friend, she goes, oh, this is the address, da-da-da. So I'm driving and I don't realize how far this place is from Toronto. Now, um, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. So I usually drive to Buffalo, drop my kids off, and then I'll continue to go up to Toronto. And usually from Buffalo to Toronto is about 90 minutes, like hour and a half, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be there, you know, soon, whatever. She's like, oh, it's pretty far. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's fine. I drop my kids off. I get to the Canadian border and I put the, the, the address in GPS. It said it was five hours away. I'm like, where in the world is oh. this woman? Five hours. I said, where in the world is this woman got me going? So fast forward, I'm driving. I get about an hour away from the location. And all of a sudden, it starts raining. And when I'm telling you it's raining, I, it, I, I'm feeling like Noah's Ark is coming. Like, it is raining <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> Rain's pouring. Then it starts hailing. And I wear glasses. My glasses, the arm on one of my glasses, like, broke off as I'm driving. And my glasses fall off my face. I'm like, Lord, what is this? Oh, like, what? <laughs> so I'm driving and I get to a point to where um, the road literally ends and the GPS says, turn left. And I look left and it is just darkness. There's it's like trees on one side, trees on the other side, like a dirt road, but you can't see nothing. It's pitch black dark. It's, and mind you, it's about midnight, almost one o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. I'm like, GPS, there is no, there is no left. I'm, and I'm driving by myself. And that's another thing. I'd I be gone I'm by myself. And I'm, I'm like, no, I can't turn left. GPS is like, turn left, turn left. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to turn left and let's just see what happens. So I turn left and I'm driving like 10 miles an hour. I am petrified. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to drive into like a tree or a person or, or a Bigfoot or nothing. I'm still right. I'm petrified so I drive and I get to a, to the point to where it's GPS says you're you're at your location but nothing is there so I call my friend and said girl I don't know where I'm at this thing says I'm here nothing is here so oh yeah, yeah you're the markers are off you need to look for 1115 um and just keep driving forward but you'll you'll see it but just keep going so I'm like okay so I keep going I drive I find I find the marker I turn in and we're like, when I tell you we're in the woods, woods, 
Like, that's, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, like, what was this, like, to the right, to the right of you, to the left of you, trees. <laughs> trees, that's it, just trees. So I turn in and I go in the driveway, this big, beautiful house is there, and I'm like, where the heck did this thing come from, you know? But my friend, she's like, I'm so glad you made it, I was so worried, <laughs> I said, you, so where in the world do you have me? She said, you know, um, she's like, oh, you know, this is a beautiful cottage, da 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 she's like, I was so worried because if you would have took a wrong turn, you would have ended up in the lake. I said, the lake? She's like, yeah, we're on the lake. I was like, I just need to go to sleep. There's nowhere in the world. <laughs> I can't even practice all this right now. So the next day I wake up and I finally get to see where I am. And when I tell you this, this cabin or this cottage, um, it's beautiful, like crafted, big wooden cottage, with this beautiful wraparound porch and these big bay windows. And I got to look out of the windows and I saw this amazing lake and the lake is called Clear Lake. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, we're, we are dead serious on a lake, like a lake lake. She's like, yeah, 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 you thought I was joking. I said, no, I didn't. So, you know, we have the retreat, it was amazing. Wow. So impactful, we met great women. And the next day I was getting ready to go. I said, I'm leaving in the daytime. You're not gonna get me driving at night no more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, okay. so so I get ready and I leave and I'm driving back and I'm like, huh, as I'm driving, this doesn't look as scary as it did when I first came. And I stopped myself right in the middle of this dirt road and I took a picture and I said, This is an epiphany. This is literally like a metaphor for life, right? Everything that I went through getting here was really like the way that we kind of like describe life and the things that we go through, right? So right. we will often feel like we are on this journey, driving through a storm, and we have no idea where we should go, right? It's, it seems scary. It's all these things storming around you. And you have one or two, you have two decisions. You can stop and you can turn around and go back. And even if what's behind you is not really what you want, you know what's there, it's comfortable, you can see it, you can touch it, you know, it's tangible, right? Right. But if you move forward and you go into a space that you've never been to before and you challenge yourself to actually see what else is on that other side, you'll realize that impact will be on yourself. I had to keep driving even when the road ended, even when all of the storm was coming down, I literally was able to see something I never would have been able to experience if I hadn't kept going forward. Number one, it's true. And I'm still like, I'm like, I don't even know how that really actually happened. But, <laughs> but just, right. you know, like you went through that and that entire experience just changed the way that you experience life. And from me going to that retreat and meeting those women and seeing how significant it was to pull all of those those feelings in and and just be impacted by it like it, it changed me it, it helped me to see like melanie moms is much bigger than just some moms meeting on some grass it's right. so much more than you know just having chats or you know having interviews or um even speaking on large platforms there's so many things that it like anything that i thought could be a barrier I, I no longer look at it from that angle. I'm like, nah, forget that. If Even if you don't have the vision for it right now, it's coming, but you have to keep your eyes open. You have to move forward. You have to know that the journey that you're on is for you and you have to go through it to get through it.
you got to keep going. You cannot be scared and let your faith take, let your fear take over your faith, you know? So yeah, I just, I had to share that story because it like, every time I think about it, I'm like, Ooh, this is a great time to share the story. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It's a really good illustration of life. And like you said, everything we talked about earlier, now I'm glad you didn't go through the lake. (laughs) Oh my God. Me too. Oh my God. And when I tell you, it literally was right there. Like if I would have turned left, I really would have been in that lake. Cause there was no like guardrails, no nothing. It was, and it was a bunch of turnoffs. And I was like, I don't don't think I should go that way. I'm just going to keep going this way. Exactly. It was scary. scary. It was scary. It was scary. But like that, that faith definitely kicked in over that fear. And I'm, oh, I'm yeah. so glad I got to see it. And you know what else? That entire time I was there, I could my phone wouldn't work. I couldn't take that one picture. You not know one what's funny? I, I was going to ask you for a picture. I was like, I want to see this clear lake. I was going to ask you after we ended the recording, but I'm like, oh, wow. But you know what? Your phone probably didn't work so you could enjoy the moment. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what it is. I have, I think, one picture um of being there and it was like right when we was about to leave and somebody else took it with their phone um the two girls that put put the uh put the event together we took a, a group picture and I told them I was like y'all don't know how much this changed my life and they're like we just glad you came Jay I was like no no yeah. no this is this is different like y'all don't, and, you know and and that's that's what I've seen with my work is women coming to me and and sharing like you have no idea how much I needed this. And I didn't even know how much I needed this and still, until we got into this space. So, right. I, you know, I, I really carry that um, with a lot of like responsibility. And I know like how significant that can be for a lot of people. Cause I know how significant it was for me. So, right. you know, this work is, it's everything. It's, it's hard work, but it's hard work, you know? So you do these things from your heart but it's hard because you, you still like living life and trying to like process what's happening and, and eat food and drink water and mother and, you know, relationship, (laughs) all those things, but everything has harmony, you know, it's just knowing how to lean into it, you know, instead of being fearful about what it can bring you, you know? Wow. So powerful. Well, on behalf of both me and our listeners, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us tonight and share so many nuggets of wisdom and insight. So thank you, Jay. We really appreciate it. This was great, girl. Anytime. So, you know, just chat me up. I'm around. Thank you. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Well, on that note to all of our listeners, have a wonderful evening and be blessed. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CC America podcast. We appreciate you tuning in week after week and joining us for stories of faith, inspiration, and transformation. So that you never miss an update, please subscribe at www.ccamericapodcast.com. You can also follow us on all of our social media platforms at CC America LLC. You can also just search for CC America on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this show. If so, please don't hesitate to share the episodes or let people know that you are listening so that they too can be inspired. We appreciate your support and until next time, be blessed.